a world where movie theaters have closed their doors, at least for the time being. It is my great pleasure to welcome you to the very first episode of Opening Weekend, the podcast that celebrates one of the many things we would all really love to be doing right now, going to the movies on a Friday night with our friends. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Rated R. I'm Jason O'Connell, and with me are two of my very best friends, as well as two of my favorite people to go to the movies with, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. We all went to college together at Hofstra University on Long Island in the early 90s. Now, even though we all work primarily in the theater, we've all been obsessed with movies since we were little kids. And the ritual of gathering at the multiplex to catch the latest releases on opening weekend has been a real constant in all our lives. Now, of course, the world has pressed pause on that tradition for all of us, but that doesn't mean we can't jump in our mental DeLoreans and travel back in time to opening weekends of the past. Every week on this podcast, we're going to take a look back at a corresponding opening weekend from the last mm, 40 years or so and let a wave of warm nostalgia run over us like that hot, buttery-flavored motor oil we used to pour on our popcorn. So, without any further ado, Fred, Dan, thanks for being here on opening weekend. Dan looks very confused right now as I I watch him. (laughs) Can you see me? I can see you. Of course I can see you, buddy. This This is a video check. Knowledge technology is amazing. So, guys... So what would you call, and I'll weigh in on this in a second, but what would you say, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm professing you as uh, movie geeks, but, uh, but, what are your, but what would you call your movie geek credentials, if you will? I'm going to leave it at this. I grew up with a subscription to Starlog magazine, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Which That's meant very... the ladies loved me. <laughs> Didn't you so. also... Um, didn't you also have a... Was Bantha Tracks? Bantha like Tracks. Oh, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. I was going to say, I one-up you there because huh. I had a goddamn subscription to Bantha Tracks. I had a subscription to Bantha Tracks. As a matter of fact, I am looking at my official Star Wars fan club card, force number B26812180. Um, yeah, no, I was... Yeah, I, no, I, I love movies. I had, uh, yeah, I had Starlog. Uh, occasionally Fangoria. That was a little too scary. For me, Bantha tracks, and like I was obsessed with um, with anything movies and and the making of movies, and uh, yeah, I was uh, I, I, I loved him, loved him. Dan, how about I'm sorry, I'm sorry to have you know stepped on your your co-opted Bantha it. It's tra- fine. Yeah, I, I, mean, did, I, I did not realize. I didn't know two of us had Bantha tracks subscriptions. All three under- of us apparently. I didn't. No, Jason. You didn't have Bantha tracks. No. I didn't know that you had Bantha tracks, Dan. Why didn't I know this? Did oh, we? Have, did I? Did I ever gosh. see you at any of the conventions or the happenings? <laughs> <laughs> the the conventions. The eight year olds were all yeah. roaming around. <laughs> um, one of the things that you received with your Bantha tracks uh, subscription, and you, I hope you got this, was a sticker that yeah. said "Revenge of the Jedi." Dude, I have one better. I had the Revenge of the Jedi poster that they sent me, and I threw it away. (laughs) Well. I got it for free through Bantha Tracks. And and yet you claim to have geek cred. 
I was an idiot. I, you know what? I, I tore it down so I can put up pictures of Christy Brinkley. So disgusting. Sue me. I remember. I was. I was so obsessed with movies as a kid. I used to. I would spend like summer vacation. I would read all of you know the critic Pauline Kael. She's yeah, like of very, very. Yes. Uh, you read Pauline Dike. Kael as a kid. I read. I read every <laughs> Pauline Kael review. I got every wow. volume of her criticism out of very the library. Erudite. And I would, and I would read from beginning to end. I didn't know what the hell she was talking about, but I was like, mm, "Yes, yes, indeed." Steve Martin in The Lonely Guy was a bit of a, yeah, I mean, whatever it was. I mean, I read reviews of things I was never going to see, never had seen. And I, and I, yeah. And then I would go and I would pull out, I had this, this typewriter, this old typewriter, and I would sit there and I would write my reviews of these movies I hadn't seen either. And most of them were just cribbing things that she said or whatever. But I, and I was like, well, I'm more populist. I'll give like a star rating to these things. It's not going to be an essay. You know, whatever. But I was, yeah, I was obsessed with almost, almost more obsessed with movie reviews than, than the actual oh, movies so sometimes. Funny. I mean, well, I remember like at the movies was yes. one of my favorite shows. I mean, that was, that was huge. I'd, I couldn't wait to watch that. Cisco and Ebert. Cisco and Ebert, yeah, the original one, yeah. And see yeah, I had previews. all the Yes, on PBS with yeah. right. horrible. Oh, that's right, Dan. Uh, you had all the uh, the the Roger Ebert books. I had all you. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan of Roger Ebert, and I had all the Roger Ebert books. But um, the uh, uh, sneak previews was uh, two different Malton. guys, wasn't it? No, wasn't it was Michael Med, Michael Med, Michael Medved, 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 oh, yeah, and yeah. Jeffrey something, Jeffrey Lyons. Yes, yeah. very good. And yeah. they were very like, if it had cursing in it, they didn't like it. If it had violence, <laughs> they didn't like it. If it had nudity, they didn't like it. So, <gasps> and I loved it. I loved it for all those along. reasons. <laughs> you had <laughs> the same like, Nudity, concerns. violence? I love it. Oh, I see. Um, okay. And you remember what I used to say about Leonard Malton, the esteemed film critic Leonard Malton, who he I actually great. heard, yes, but I actually heard him give a review once on Entertainment Tonight that said, there are things about this movie I liked a lot. And then there were other things I didn't like at all. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're not going to dig in deeper than that? I know Pauline Kael. Uh, and yeah, I know exactly. Pauline Kael because I've been reading her since I was six. <laughs> I hope he, got, I hope he uh, got a nice paycheck for whatever review that was. <laughs> the um, Okay, here's what gives me my geek cred. Okay, oh, okay. here it comes. <sighs> Fred... When did you lose your virginity? <laughs> uh, let me see. Two, three days ago. <laughs> um, what, this, this is this is getting but very personal. Home. No, uh, but what, but what are you? <laughs> Jason and I were fat dorks. Okay, no. okay. I lost no. my virginity yes. at thirty-six. I, that's <laughs> maybe thirty-seven. <laughs> All right. We were pimply faced. Why? What is, what is this? We? What is this? Okay, like, I, well, I because you're. We. I, I consider know, us I remember what I be, look like, but I, I, I consider don't need us you to. to be, uh, you know, simpatico here in this. Okay. But if you well, want to go the other way, you no, want to no, go no, the Berman need, route. No, fine. you need some. You no, know, you want to pull me down into the morass. Down of our actual, our actual you histories. <laughs> I'm lifting you up into my category oh no, the 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 problem here is that uh true geekdom yeah true geekdom meant the self-loathing the loneliness <laughs> the there's a baseline level of just you know of of uh, uh of, of just uh, not feeling what these movies did was sort of brought you out of yourself a little bit i think 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, agreed. Well, there was something, I mean, and to that end. You needed the, I needed them. You And I agree. And I think that, that that's something that probably we all had was there was a sense, like once we realized, I mean, look, everyone, everyone loves movies as, ki- as a kid, you know, it's exciting. But there was almost that ownership of, of no, I love this so much and I want to talk about it and I want mm-hmm. to dissect it like you, Jason, with the reviews. And it gave, like what you're saying, Dan, it gave you this. Uh, this self worth of like, and that, that's why I would click the Starlog magazines or the different, so I can figure out, so I knew how they were made, and it was exciting to feel like to, to almost take ownership of this stuff. We're starting to show our, our age here a little bit, and since we all are of a certain age, and at the time of this recording, uh, we're coming up on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm the youngest, so I'm I just putting that out there. He's just barely, just squeaking by. I <laughs> thought, and we've talked about it a little bit already with the Bantha tracks and everything else, I thought the most logical weekend, opening weekend, to look back to is the one that not only made opening weekends a kind of thing that people followed and paid attention to, but which also introduced us and the rest of the world to the film that is clearly one of the main reasons we all fell in love with movies to begin with, and that is... What if this were all happening right now? What if Luke Skywalker were fighting against the Death Star and trying to rescue a princess? Terminator, immediately. What if you could go with them? Well, you can. Tomorrow at a theater near you. Star Wars. Rated PG. Yes, it's Star Wars. You've heard that. Star Wars, A New Hope. No, the guys with the Bantha Track subscriptions have no (laughs) idea what I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, I thought, you know, uh, Memorial Day for me was synonymous with Star Wars for a long time because most of those movies, until the recent uh, Disney sequel trilogy, yeah, those movies always came out Memorial Day weekend of their respective years. I think we're actually coming up on the uh, 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back next yes, week. Yes, we are actually. indeed. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and it was, uh, you know, and I think it's safe to say no matter what your favorite movie was at that time uh, during our childhoods i think that was it just made a massive impression on on everyone no matter who now you let were. me ask you did, did you did you guys see star wars that opening weekend did either of you guys see it then no i, I mean i didn't i was i i feel like i was too young which would make you guys both way too young to have seen yeah, it but i, I don't four. know did you I was see that's what it's it's interesting i can't remember and i thought about this because i i remember very clearly when I first saw it. I, re- I remember the experience of seeing it. I was mm-hmm. with my babysitter, Kristen Schleifer. She was there. I remember, you know, all my thoughts when it first started. I, re- I remember being in the theater and be- and I knew of the movie before. So when it came out, I was five years old. I, c- I can't imagine. Now, I know I know when it first opened, they opened it to uh, in limited screens. It was a limited release because I didn't mm-hmm. think it was going to be, it was going to do well at all. There were other um, movies that they were expecting. I mean, the, the famous story is that... Um, they actually had to move it out of the man's Chinese theater, I believe, because Sorcerer, the Roy Scheider, William Friedkin movie. <laughs> that was, was going to come out in June of that yeah, year. The, the, yeah. And they that, wanted already to make sure it was space. clear. Yeah. Um, and then it, you know, got lost. But, but I know subsequently, then they, then they released Star Wars. Uh, to, obviously, to, they opened it up to many more theaters later in the summer, but then they would sort of re-release it 
every year, pretty mm-hmm. much, um, leading up to Empire. So I don't remember. I don't know if I saw it later that summer when it first came out, and I maybe I just did see it when I was five, yeah. you know, or going on six. That would make sense. Or if I saw it maybe the next year after when they released it. But um, I know. I personally know that I didn't see it anywhere near the opening. So whatever it opened in May of 77, mm. I remember coming back to school in September and on the first day of school, it was like, I guess it was first grade or something. I remember the, the teacher, Miss Coosie was her name. Um, she <laughs> That's said, unfortunate. Shut, shut your mouth. She's a wonderful woman. She come, she still comes, she's come and seen me in shows in the last few years. She's come and seen wow. me in plays in New York and I haven't seen her, you know, I hadn't seen her since like the, the seventies. Did like, you oh know who God. she was when she showed yeah, up? Yeah. Well, she wrote a little note and she sent it backstage and then, and she looked the same. Remarkably. She looked I the same. Love so lovely. How do you forget a name like Kuzi? She was an incredible lovely woman and she was uh and i remember on the first day of school she asked kids like what'd you do you know summer vacation talk about summer vacation every kid was talking about this thing called star wars and i did not know what it was like so the whole summer had gone by i was like six years old and i didn't know or i you know i was five or six i i I was not aware of it and then i didn't it was sometime later that school year that my father took me and my sister to see it. And I can remember it was like an empty theater in Syosseros on the big cavernous theater, beautiful (laughs) movie theater. And I think we were the only ones there, like a Saturday matinee, because it had been out for so long at that point. But um, yeah, yeah. How about you, Dan? Do you remember when you saw it? Was it in a theater or no? I don't remember. God damn it. I I was You did no research for this. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's going to be the way this goes. It's going to be the way this Podcast goes. Podcast about guys seeing movies on opening weekend who don't know if they actually saw those movies. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's on the, the hook, weekends. baby. No, that's I think I, I saw it on. Uh, on I, I think I DVR'd it. Years I later. think I, I saw it on TiVo. I saw it on TiVo'd it. No, the uh, the that's the hook of this podcast. I thought this podcast was going to be like inside the industry kind of. I thought it was going to be like, did Alec Guinness get points on the back end? Was was <laughs> was was, was it was, can be if you have was, that information at your was, fingertips. Was, was Chewbacca Taft Hartlead? The, it's these kind of questions, <laughs> these burning questions. The pe- people want to know, the and we know the answers. Know. Dan, you, you and I know the answers because we were part of Bantha Tracks. No one else. Say. Knows. No one else knows nope. what Gary Kurtz was thinking. No one else knows what. Not what, even Gary uh, Kurtz, I think, at that time. <laughs> no one else know who made the quick, quick before anyone notices. Fred, who made the? Uh, no one else know. I, I got it. It came to my brain. Who what? else knows what Ralph McQuarrie's wife? Ralph thought. McQuarrie. Oh my God, Ralph McQuarrie. Those He's responsible were, for so much. Of the saw, and those are some of, of the first things I remember seeing. Like, I mean, even before the movie, I feel like I, I, I had some. It, it, you know what? I must have seen the movie. A little at maybe on one of the second releases because I feel like I had it had to be. Did you have the toys already? If you had the toys, then you definitely were seeing it on a second release because you guys know there were no toys, even though George Lucas, the writer and director of Star Wars, was very um. He, he always had his finger on the pulse when it came to merchandising and, uh, you know, made these incredible deals where he kept the, the rights to the merchandising in perpetuity. He made him a very, very rich man, but there were no toys when, uh, Star Wars right. first came out and they didn't even have them for that first Christmas. So they had to, they did something 
where they sent, they created, Kenner was starting to make the toys, but they weren't going to be in stores for Christmas. So they created like a little cardboard. It was like literally a piece of cardboard you could buy for 10 or 15 bucks for your kid and put it in their stocking. And it was basically saying like, it was like an IOU. It said like, these are all the figures that are coming out and you'll be getting them in oh, May so of 1978. What'd then, you get? I got a piece of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. So I had a toy. Hanukkah be- sucks. <laughs> Star Wars figures. R2-D2. Chewbacca, Luke, and Princess Leia. They're the Star Wars early bird set of figures. These action figures are not yet available, but this Star Wars early bird certificate package is in stores. With this colorful Star Wars picture display stand and certificate to send in to get a set of figures by mail. They'll be sent to you at home between February 1st and June 1st. The Star Wars early bird certificate package, new from Kenner. (laughs) (laughs) And I had the toys before I saw the movie, so you know, it's got to be, it's got to be over a year. After the fact that I saw it. Who would you be? Who would you be when you, when you played? Mm. Oh, usually, usually Han, usually Luke or Han, I think. Um, the lead. But Han was like, was the, was the the cool one. You'd cast yourself as the lead. Who were you, Dan? (laughs) Who did you play? You're the same height as Kenny Baker. You should have been, they should have put you in a garbage can (laughs) and had you waddle around. But the, the key is I cast myself as that. No one else did. Who did you si- yeah. who did Simona who did your sister play? I didn't let her play si- with my toys. The sister now when you re- when you well what, there's two different t- things there's yeah. two different questions here. <laughs> You're talking about there's just who, pretending, right? Yeah. Now here's I would play with the toys in an absolutely epic way. I would set up the entire downstairs mm-hmm. in the uh, like dioramas almost. Oh wow! But when a, we would play in my friend's backyard or whoever's backyard. I would always get relegated to, you know, Obi Wan. Well, three PO per usually. You'll I'd be three PO, or yeah, or I'd be a host of villains, and that's the way I was cast throughout my career. Doctors, so it didn't matter. I, I love. Who, oh, whoever was the asshole older brother would always be Han Solo. Like if somebody's uh, a hole mm-hmm. older brother was going to play with us, and then somebody's little sister would be Princess Leia because, you know, you had to have Princess Leia. Right, of course. I but loved three PO. I love my first favorite oh, characters yeah. were three PO and R two. I think it's because those are the first toys that I got. I got, uh, and it was it was this. I remember the day so vividly because I had been during recess. I had been on the playground, and everybody was playing Star Wars, but they were playing with action figures. They were like in the sandbox or by the the you know the swing sets and stuff. But they were playing with the figures, and every kid had them. And I had nothing. I had not seen the movie yet. I did not. And I remember somebody gave me, I don't know, it might have been Hammerhead or somebody to to play with, like just, you know, took pity on me, gave me something to play with so I could engage <laughs> during recess. And I was like, oh, this has got to, this has got to change real quick. And, um, and that, well, and that day, they also, they also happened. No, I don't mean that. I mean, just not oh. having <laughs> toys to bring to, you know, not being oh. in on it. <laughs> Hammerhead was fine. I love that was figure. Great. I you were happy to have him. You were happy yeah, to have him. It was. I was like, oh, thank God. You're like pa- helping me pass. And, uh, Better than uh, uh, getting an Ugnaught. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I said at the time. And yeah. not knowing what an Ugnaught was. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then. That same day, my mom picked me up from school and I got into the car and she was like, oh, I have something for you. And she gave me C-3PO and R2-D2. She had bought me C-3PO and R2-D2. Both? You got both? I got both the same day. My sister got 
Chewbacca and Princess Leia. So we got she Oddly got enough, us each two figures. And I that, think my sister figure. got Chewbacca too before I did. You know why I think <laughs> girls got Chewbacca? Because I, I have two theories. Okay. One is that he seems like a pet, you know, something sure, like, you know, for, okay. but also that he kind of looks like a girl. A little yeah, bit. The hair. Yeah, the yeah, long yeah. hair. Oh, yeah. I, never I, thought think, about that. I think there was something to that because when my sister and I would play He's with very all our feminine. action, yeah, we we had the you know the the twelve inch Star Wars action figure, the really tall oh, ones yeah. that they made. Yeah, I still have my Boba Fett. I've I've still got my Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. It's right here in the house, yeah. and uh, and we had we had we had a bunch of them, and one of them was Chewbacca, and we would marry off the dolls. To you know, I, my, I'd have my Star Wars and superhero figures, and she would have her Barbies and things like that, and then we would marry the dolls off together based on you know compatibility. And she had a, <laughs> a she had a share doll, a Sunny and Share doll. <laughs> she had a share doll with incredibly like like you know like butt length black hair, long black hair, and it was like, well, she has to marry Chewbacca because they have, and then they, we would always play games where they were both obsessed with their hair. It was all about, like, combing their hair and going to the stylist together. Snap out of it! I got the, uh, I re- distinctly remember getting two toys, uh, the Creature Cantina, which came with four figures. Yes! Came with Hammerhead, oh, Walrus Man, the, the tall Snaggletooth. Yep. And, uh, oh, fuck, who is it else to come with? Because, uh, uh, I God, I had that as well. Um, oh, wow. And all those PlayStations were exactly the same. Just well, the listeners are going to write in. They're going to write in now. <laughs> it's funny because I think about, I mean, we, I don't want to jump the gun, but, like, to once that movie came out, that sort of, that was like, you know, it was like stepping over the Rubicon. Like, that was, that hmm. was the change for me where suddenly, you know, like you said earlier, I was like, "Oh my God! There's what is this world? I want to be. I want to know more about mm-hmm. it." And then you start to delve in. You see, you you know, get Bantha tracks, and you look into the at the Ralph McQuarrie artwork, and you learn there were, there was remember there's a documentary on television which I still have on VHS tape. You know, where they talk about Ben Burt, the sound design, yes. and just the making of it all. You know, and like him hitting wires to get the sound of the yes. lasers, and, and and I just remember watching that. And but it was really then when Empire came out. And again, I don't want to jump the gun to another opening weekend, mm-hmm. but that was really where I think, for me at least, the flame of that that love for movies and what goes into making them and the excitement of seeing a movie, of actually like, oh my God, I have to see this. That's really when it reached its fever peak because suddenly like... Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. <laughs> Creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer. Why do you feel like it resonated in that way? Like, what was it about, you know, what we needed at that time? You see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. for, for, you know nerdy kids and i'm exaggerating about before obviously i mean it was not only was it like you know um considered uh acceptable you see what i mean like for everybody to enjoy this thing 
Whereas, you know, maybe other, were you into sci-fi before it? I was not. I don't know. I mean, again, I was so young. I mean, I was five years old when this came out. I don't think I, I know, really knew. I know, but I mean, before you started playing Star Wars, getting the figures, being into Star Wars, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I wasn't a sci-fi kid, you no, know what I mean? No, I was mm-hmm. too young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I... It, this I wasn't was... even into comic books. Like, it wasn't even, none of this stuff was, yeah. like, when you think, like, oh, geekdom or fandom, this was the thing that, for me, start, like, was the yeah. beginning of it, but it was that way for all kids like there yeah. wasn't a kid and i can't speak for girls but i mean it, there wasn't a boy who wasn't fully into yeah. it like a hundred percent into it and i wonder what it was and and for me being sort of a uh you know it, it brought me closer to friends you know what i mean well, of that yeah. time but it also you know made it was uh it was an acceptance thing because then you could go and it was the first time you could go and be the people you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You, I I think right. Well, I think I I think a lot of it is. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it's you can quibble about you know so many things about the movie now and look back and say oh, it was it was you know maybe I didn't like the dialogue or this there's plot holes or whatever. But that first movie, not to get you know too highfalutin here, but it's basically Joseph Campbell and it's, you know, the the the, the hero, the story of the hero, the hero's uh, quest. The hero's journey. Um, and the hero's journey, that is, sorry. You know, it's very, it's, there's, you know, black and white, good versus evil. There's, there's lots of simple themes and as a kid, but put in, you know, just to see special effects like that as a kid, I think that was impressive and that sucks you in. And then it's like you said earlier, just you know, falling in love with that and being like, wow, this is a cool movie. And then, you know, almost taking ownership of it and meeting other people who are into it as well and having this thing to talk about. Um, but you know what's amazing is that, because obviously it's not just kids. If it was a huge kids movie, that right, would have been yeah. one thing. You know what I mean? But it it, mm. it kind of resonated with everybody. And so I actually, I you know, and and I think we have these kind of, we have these entrenched it's been with us for so long. It's almost like it's like it's it's a given. It's such a total given in our in our lives and in our pop culture vocabulary. And then it always gets compared to the ones that came later. You know, it's compared favorably to the prequels, but not so favorably sometimes to Empire Strikes Back or whatever. You know what I mean? You have your favorites mm-hmm. in your list. But I actually I went and I, I last night I started it again. I haven't watched the original Star Wars in a in a while, and I just watched the beginning of it. And I tried to, and for the first time that I can remember, because we were going to have this conversation, I thought, let me, as best I can, try to watch this as if I have no idea what's coming next. So I really was watching it, and I was so tickled by it in a way that I I can't remember having been in in forever like every little thing it was really really brilliant how it just how it just starts like that opening crawl is so unique it's so interesting that it just it gives you like you're you're just plopped midway into a story like that and everything about it was so it was brilliant the design is so brilliant every the images pop you know there it's so these, the stark contrast of you said you talk about black and white like good and evil but literally yeah. the beginning of the movie the black and white of like that, oh, that yeah, pristine yeah, yeah. spaceship yeah. I, it, the sp- the white spaceships against the black sky and then the interior of the white spaceship and Darth Vader moving through it it's just so 
it just grabs you so totally. Yeah. And then that, yeah, that opening shot, and then that just... meta- the the golden metallic robot with the little squat trash can mm. robot. And the, I mean, the, there's it's just so brilliant in the in its simplicity in a way. There's something yeah. so kind of ramshackle and it just kind of tumbles along and it's funny c-3po is really funny and it just has this it doesn't seem to it doesn't take itself too seriously it doesn't feel the need to over explain itself so you're really like you're just dropped in the middle of something and your eyes don't know where to go next and every new character you meet and every new piece of information is just very it's very seductive there was one moment i was watching uh, you know the um i noticed the first time uh that uh the sand people were mentioned and i remember oh, that like, was my my favorite my favorite it, it, part as a kid yeah it's so it, it, i guess it's is it luke who says it he says oh it's not safe with all the sand people around yep. or somebody mm-hmm. said and i just heard that i was like you're on a sand planet and then a character yeah. just says oh yeah you don't want to go out at night the sand people like it's so evo- like you're imagination just starts running wild and in yeah. any other movie c-3po would have said sand people what are the sand people and be like well back in you know <laughs> the, in the dark yeah, no. times it's- and then there would be a montage and showing it was like no you're just like now we're gonna go outside little boys and girls and keep an eye out for the sand people right. it's just oh. it just gets you so Tuscan involved Raiders. so quickly yeah, well, tracks it's- are side by side sand people <laughs> always go single file so that you don't know how many sad people there are and that is, is a that direct Alex, was john lennon in the movie <laughs> that was ringo star oh. that was his audition tape but i just in the first like 15 minutes i was like there's so many things that capture your imagination and you don't want to let go like the the binary sunset is so it's so cliche like we all say oh it's beautiful it's great it's beautiful it's such a you know we've seen it a million times you see it for the first time it's so beautiful and it just every little thing grabs you and yet it's also all so relatable right it's like here's the jawas they're like a bunch of used car salesmen and the way they're haggling over the rope. I mean, it also feels very, it's utterly fantastic and completely, it it feels like conversations that, Fathers and uncles and sons and you know, are having my power converters, my power converters. (laughs) That's the best station. Why shut up? Shut the hell up, Luke. But that's what. But you know what? What I mean, obviously, we we know this now, and but as kids, we didn't realize this. Um, and this is maybe why it appealed to such a wide audience. But you know, Lucas was really smart in that. He took. You know, he he took the feel of from American Graffiti and from, you know, the old fighter pilot movies that he loved mm-hmm. in Flash Gordon and Westerns. And he took all those elements of movies that people knew and were aware of and put it in this used space. That, and that was the coolest thing, like <gasps> yes. what you're saying. Like, it was a used, I think that's even the term he used. Like, mm-hmm. everything looked old and decayed. And, yeah, you were just dropped into it. Like you said, there was that. And I remember as a kid, I mean, it took me several viewings to really know what was going on with the, because there was oh, a history, God, yeah. you know, there's this whole history and you're like, wait, who the, 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 the rebels and the, the what? And the, and you just boom and it just goes. Yeah. And you're right. There's not that much exposition. I mean, I was, I, it might not have been until I was fully grown till I really understood like what they were talking yes. about in those early scenes, you know, with, with Grand Moff Tarkin and everything. And like, oh, oh, that's well, what, because, they just drop you in and there's a history set up and they mm-hmm. just go. And that's why I say thank God for the prequels. I'm sorry, I have to go vomit. <laughs> <laughs> because you finally get that. 
history. Huh? Oh, I just threw up. Uh, <laughs> who cares? Oh God, who this cares what the other. old republic is and the Senate? Who cares? Just give me the exactly the good versus evil, the hero's journey. Have Have you guys ever seen Hidden Fortress, the movie that sort of inspired Star Wars? What? No, no I've heard of it, but no, I've never, never even heard of it. that. Okay, so this is uh, Akira Kurosawa. Right? You just so looked that up, didn't you? You didn't know no, this. No, no, no. Okay, let's get I'm this out of the way. So let's get this out of the way right now. Okay. You got one film scholar in the room. People. That's true. Yes, That's we didn't get right here. You have real credentials. Right That's true. I've got yeah. geek cred. I've got the street cred. I have a degree in this. Okay. <laughs> street cred. There's a guy named Akira Kurosawa. Yes, I know. He made a bunch of they samurai movies with Toshiro Mifuna. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And You're if welcome. you watch the beginning of, just watch the beginning of Hidden Fortress. There's a tall samurai and a short samurai, and they're walking around, they're stranded, and they're arguing, and you go, oh, that's C-3PO and R2-D2. It's great. It's great. And it's all, you know, it's those same archetypes. It's all these same archetypes. And I think that we didn't know what they were, but we knew that, you know, the story of, it's basically, you know, young regular kid becomes a superstar. Young regular kid makes good, you know. It's mm-hmm. that story. It's the story of Jesus. It's the story of Strange Brew. It's all the same goddamn story. <laughs> Jesus and, and the McKenzie brothers. Regular people do something extraordinary. Boom. Right. Right. Some with crosses. Some turn water to wine. Some turn water into beer. Canadian <laughs> beer. That's it. Yeah. So who all right, let's go to the mailbag. Uh, we have our first. <laughs> we have our first letter. That's M A. M-A-L-E. Sheila from Sacramento writes, (laughs) how are you guys? I'm a big fan, long-time listener, first-time writer. And she says, uh, I love Star Wars, too. And you guys are doing a great job. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you you so much. I'll do the sound effects. Very nice of you. So, (laughs) I mean, I think if Sheila was a real person, she would have asked... Sheila would have asked. What no, would she uh, have asked? No, I don't know. Uh, I was. Uh, I was going to ask. What she would have asked. You Order guys. these battles of the Star Wars universe: subjugation of Geonosis, <laughs> battle, battle of Yavin, <laughs> occupation of Bespin. You are clearly l- looking l- at something. L- you can't. No, I know this by the back sub- of my hand. Film subjugation scholar. of Geonosis, <laughs> liberation of Ryloth. Oh come on! And Sith civil war. Order the put those in order, and we'll be back with <laughs> boring our audience to tears. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What's your favorite? I mean, I think I think most people have the same answer to this. What, what, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Right? There's, I mean, technically there's mm, eleven, thirty-six now, of right? them, but there's yeah, but of the. Of the of the original trilogy, I guess. I mean, is it is it Empire? Yeah, I'll always go to Empire. If nothing, it was just you know, and a lot, look, a lot of it with these movies. Look, I do think, and I, and I, and and the fact that you just watch it again and you can you can attest to this as well. I mean, I do think they do hold up as movies. Those first two, yeah. it's just good, solid movies, especially the first one. Empire to me just holds the the, the most special place in my heart, just because it was it was that excitement of coming out, and I just loved. I love the color palette of the movie. Uh, I I love the dialogue. I love the direction. I just of of Empire. Yeah, yeah. Um, just everything about it. Um, 
you know that that this scene uh, on Bespin in the in the the, the carbon freezing chamber. I mean, it's just just the way it's shot with the lighting. To me, that's Star Wars. It's just so iconic, and I just I love it. So you know, is it the best movie of all of them? I don't know. Maybe I, people would argue. Maybe I say Rogue One might be up there. I, I really thought that was just a great movie. But to me, Empire was, hmm. you know, the first Star Wars and and, and Empire, are my two favorites. But I would I would give Empire the nudge up. How about you, Dan? Well, I had a very similar reaction to you, Jason. I do remember vividly being standing in line at Movie City, Woodbridge. Uh, New Jersey because they had the color-coded lines mm-hmm. and you would stand on like if you're here for return of the, for the 8 o'clock Return of the Jedi, you're on the yellow line. Yeah. So we'd all stand on whatever line. I remember vividly seeing Return of the Jedi leaving that movie and going, that's the best movie I'll ever see. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, and that was 85. 80, so I was 83. 83. 83. Yeah. So I was 11. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I was 10. I was 10. So, so you know, that, and, I abso- and I still love Return of the Jedi. I never understood the everybody's sort of anti see the the ewok sequence and stuff like that i love that whole sequence i really love it and i know i'm in the minority Mm. but i just think that whole thing was to me as a 10 year old kid was just magical and i still watch that movie and i have the same thing the 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 um oh it's unwatchable now the whole job of the hut (laughs) sequence because on disney well, the special editions room. Oh, right. Just he just. I don't even want to get into that. It's disgusting. I have to fast forward it. The whole Cy Snoodles <laughs> sequence. Oh, yeah. You yeah. have to fast forward Kate it now. And I just my wife because and there's I a just guy going, that. There's yeah. a guy yelling at you now. There's a thing with a head yelling at you. <laughs> but there's and screaming. <laughs> the thing about Empire and I think Jedi too. All of them, really, but they're a triumph of design. Yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah. they really are. Because you think you can think about Bespin, and you get an image in your head. You think about Hoth, you get an image in your head. You oh, think yes. about Endor, you get an image in your head. You think about Dagobah, you get an image in yeah. your head. What's your favorite sequence? Of, so I don't know if I have a favorite of the original trilogy. I'm not sure. I have to think about that. It's probably Empire. Yeah. But I love the space sequence. The whole asteroid. Oh, the asteroid going scene to the asteroid is, is great. Mm. But and there's really not a big space battle in that. And I love all the space nope. battles. My favorite yeah. space battle is in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But um, my favorite, I think, sequence in all of the movies. Um, I think is is the Hoth sequence. Yes, the Hoth sequence, and and what it was, and with that whole movie. That, I think what I loved about that whole movie is that they're all running for their lives, and all the good guys are suddenly they're flipped on their tails. And that moment where Darth Vader, where the Empire breaches the walls, and you see Vader coming with the snowtroopers, which was like, mm-hmm. what the hell? There's they're stormtroopers, but now they got they look different, sort of. Uh, that that blew me away and it was so scary to me and just like the the asteroid field you know sequence it, that's all what was so great about that is they're on the run the sh- the the ship's not working right nothing is working right han is like freaking out and it's just and everything is going wrong for these people that were the heroes in the first movie yeah. and yeah it was great it was so exciting to see but yeah that 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 hoth sequence was 
just the best. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I would say Empire is definitely my favorite of the three. But when I was a kid, it was probably my least favorite. I think it was Jedi. It was always a back and forth between Jedi and the original. And then because it was the darker chapter, I think yeah. kids tend to, you know, as kids would relegate Empire to number three. But to me, I, when I think about that movie, the the image, my favorite image is when is on Cloud City when uh, when Lando betrays them. That uh, mm-hmm. again, it's it's a it's a it's a study in contrast, right? Like that first time we see Vader on the ship in Star Wars, that like black against the white. There's something about <laughs> Darth Vader at the head of a dinner table that is so. It just kind of it melts my brain. Still, it's like such a great that blew my mind. Cool Did, image, and it's so intense. And to see Han Solo in the same room yes. as Darth Vader, I was <laughs> yeah. like, "What? That doesn't make sense. That's yeah. incredible." Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Greedo and, was the fourth. How could we forget Greedo? We were trying to think of the creature cantina oh. uh, figures that you got. Right, you yeah. got Snaggletooth, Hammerhead, Walrus Mant, and Greedo. Of all characters, okay, the one who takes uh, so much heat for uh, for the George Lucas's reimagining. Of course, because Greedo shot that? first, right? I can't even get. I into mean, it. it's too. It's too. I can't even go there that, with the special don't go, editions. I say, though. don't go there, girlfriend. <laughs> Greedo friend. I just want to say, did we enjoy them when they first came out? Just as conduit, uh, the special editions in 97, just well, as I, a conduit for seeing the movies again in theaters? Because I know I did. I enjoyed the hell out of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We all, I remember because we all went. We went to the opening nights at midnight mm-hmm. at the, the Ziegfeld. At the Ziegfeld. And um, the Ziegfeld, sorry, Ziegfeld. Oh, no, either one's fine. Um, <laughs> I wasn't trying to correct you. I was no, just I repeating. Don't. You're both but, wrong. It's the Paris. <laughs> it's, pronounced, it's pronounced Paris. Yeah, I think so. And I think at that time, it was so much just nostalgia. You know you know what, yeah. th- what we're special about seeing it then, and this will bring things full circle, I think, is because we didn't, we were too young to see these movies when they opened on opening weekend. But they became a huge part of our childhood and into our adulthood. And now we get to have our opening night to see Star Wars. And we went and we stood online and we saw it at midnight at the Ziegfeld and we were there. That's with, brilliant. You know, I, I remember they opened the door and we all went running in to get the best seats. And I mean, it was explosive and we did that for all the movies. Every I was time say, they all were the released. Prequels, and it was, yeah, the, yeah. And it was that, but it was, it was that experience. I mean, it, it's, it's, I sort of get chills thinking about it because like I said, we didn't have that experience when Star Wars first came out, but we were finally able to have it as grown men and it, it was you know I think we all enjoyed the movie I, I can only speak for myself but I know I enjoyed watching the movie because I loved the movie but it was also yeah. just that nostalgic experience of holy shit yeah. this has been a part of my DNA and my life for so long and I'm getting to see it the night that it you know quote unquote opens mm-hmm. again and it, it was it was it was thrilling and to see that with friends and with like minded people who were just as excited to see it you know, it was, it, was, it was incredible. And it's funny, you think about rites of passage, good or bad, as they've progressed, the prequels, the sequels. You know, they've been with us throughout all these touchstones in our life. Like, you know, and, and I, I mentioned this to you guys before we recorded. You know, it's pretty interesting that the... So, in 2005, they wrapped up the prequel trilogy, and that... Revenge of the Sith, right? That whatever, like, like it, tolerate it, hate it, whatever. Um, 
those yes. prequels ended with that. But we saw that movie. Opening weekend of that movie was the weekend that Fred, you got married. Yeah. And we went and saw that. The three of us went to see it right after picking up our tuxes at what, what was it called? Zeller Tux? It was oh my God, somewhere Zeller, in, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Zeller, Jesus. Do you wow. remember that, Dan? We all went, we all got our tuxes and we saw that movie together. We saw I Revenge don't of the Sith. I'm sorry. I'm a bad friend. You I are a bad d- friend I, because then I have the very onset everything. <laughs> I can't remember shit. I do you, just don't This one will be easier that. for you. Do Go you remember ahead. the next Star Wars movie to have an opening night after that mm-hmm. was Force Awakens 10 years later? And we saw that on your wedding night. That's how bad a husband you are. <laughs> <laughs> was my wife there? She was. Yes, she, she was. was. We were, of you course, told we, me we to take say, her, please. We should say we went after the wedding. <laughs> What'd you say, Fred? I, I should say we, we did go after the wedding. I don't want anyone listening to be like, we, we went and did it on the wedding night. <laughs> it wasn't during the wedding? <laughs> it should have been. I think you, I think you, you, uh, you consummated your... <laughs> Your fiendish union that night. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then went to the movie. Oh, no. I had the movie, I thought. Oh, I don't fantastic. know. It was, we were all in one row. It was hard to see what you and Taylor were doing down well, at the end there. But um, Let's not kid ourselves. The the That was in Arkansas. That was yes. in Arkansas. <laughs> the, Zig, the Ziegfeld, for people who don't know, people listening in Montana, and there will be, is in New York City. New yes. York City, for people who don't know, is on the East Coast. <laughs> In the state of New York. And, uh, and and we're going through some stuff right now. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't hear about it. But then your wedding happened. My wedding happened. Mazel tov, by the way. Thank you very much. Just two months ago, three months ago. And uh, yeah, and no Star Wars movies open. But instead, what we got, we got an, an epic adventure called COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> oh god well all but we this... were the last yeah we were the last big party uh, wow. all while. right top 10 characters the whole original oh, trilogy uh, in any of the movies any of the 11 teen movies go ahead okay. uh <laughs> you throw me a character i'll put it i'll put it in i'll put it somewhere general grievous he's number nine <laughs> Give me one, Fred. Uh, the Tuscan, ra- the first Tuscan Raider from Star Wars: A New Hope. The one who goes. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Three. Okay. <laughs> Lando Calrissian. Ah, I was just going to say Lando. You were you? Yes, uh, I was. Oh, that's good. He's like he's like number. Uh, let's do top twenty. He's like number thirteen. And how you doing, Chewbacca? <laughs> Aunt Beru. Two. Number one. Oh. <laughs> It's a battle. Who would you who would you put above Baru? What happened to uh, who is Luke Skywalker's best friend who got cut out of the movie? Oh, um, B- Biggs. Biggs, Biggs, yeah, very Biggs. good. Oh, that poor guy. He's off the list. Got He's cut gone. out. I'm gonna exactly. go. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say uh, uh, Babu Frick from Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking somewhere about. Somewhere in the top twenty. I don't I, know what you're talking about. Did you see Rise of Skywalker? Did you yeah, see the last I saw one? all of them? Who is that? That's the little oh, guy. Oh, that little who, thing, that little, little thing. Hello, I bubble freak. Why, hello. I love him. I loved him. I he was love working him. on C-3PO. I thought he was hysterical. He was yeah, that's on Disney now. I got to watch that no again. He was no Wedge. I lo- oh, character. Wedge Antilles. Wedge Antilles, one of the most important characters in that first trilogy. Um, Saves everyone asses all the time. And then he comes back in the... He, he's in that last sequence in Skywalker. He is, too, in Rise right. of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. They found him. They found him under a rock somewhere in the, at, uh, 
at, at uh, the studios. The um, uh, Salacious Crumb has got to be up there. Salacious Crumb, yeah. One mm-hmm. of the great characters. Have you filled out this card yet? How many people did we say? What did we, uh, did we say four. 10 yet? <laughs> number, yeah. We haven't gotten a number one yet. We don't have a number one yet. Uh, Han Solo, I say maybe? Baru, but yeah, I think it's Han Solo. Uh, okay, fine. Akbar. Also, Ooh, or one. Darth? No, da- not Darth Vader. No. Well, too obvious. I, too obvious. <laughs> I think oh, you got Han Solo is not obvious. I'm saying top ten. It's a death match between Aunt Baru and Babu Frick for number one. Mm, I'm getting top horny just char- thinking about it. <laughs> oh, uh, top ten characters anymore. who aren't will we'll take the leads out of it. You can't pick Luke, Leia, Han, or that's what we're uh, sort of doing. Somebody like I think Akbar. I love Admiral Akbar. I think that's a great character. He don't, you don't get to know much about him. You don't get like his family history. You don't I'm, get to know what clearly, motivates him. The, so it's a, a fantastic character. Him. It is. He's <laughs> a head on a thing. It's a trap. But that's the thing, right? The visuals are make so much like Boba Fett became like this cult hero and. What do yeah, we because know he Boba? stood there like a badass. That's the thing. That's the, 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 these are the sound is amazing. The music's incredible, John Williams. But they are visual. You get we were talking about it before. You get a lot of visual information just from what you're looking at. You can kind of follow these movies with the sound off. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. still know that's the bad guy. That's the good guy. That's what they're trying to do. He's working for him, and he just shot him. Dengar. Oh, Dengar. He, Dengar there. looked like he should have been uh, in a hospital. He didn't look well, Dengar. No, he didn't look well at all. He didn't all. look well. He didn't look like he could track somebody down. Um, I think Big I heard Fortuna. That- He's got to be up there. Big Fortuna. Here's a good one. Neen mm-hmm. Num. It's got to be up there. <laughs> Is that how you say his name? I think that's true. I yeah. think that's correct. I always like the, uh, uh, you're going to kill me. The that that I can't remember the character's name. I don't know if it had a name. When when uh, Ewan McGregor goes to that clone planet, that clone facility, oh, and there's yeah, this, the, with about. the like ridiculously long neck. Yeah, and, who looked and, like sort of the, the the alien out of from close. A little bit like that close yeah, encounters yeah, yeah. alien, and there was a whole race. Obi Wan, oh, De- Dexter Jetster, of De- course. Is that uh, not so who you're talking classics. about? No, that's not who I was oh. talking about. But that's another. <laughs> That's certainly another character, character from Attack of the Clones. Number one character is the charred remains of Uncle Owen. Let's put that out there. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, thank you. We had to have closure there. Thank you so much. The closure that Luke never got. Um, <laughs> All right, let's take our first caller. Yes, go ahead, please. Uh, you didn't talk about Mr. Spock. How come you didn't bring bones into it? I like that bones. That's my favorite character. Uh, Bye. Uh, Thank you, both of you who listened (laughs) to this. Uh, That would be our uh, producer. Uh, He'll listen to it. He'll play it for his wife. She'll say, "Eh, I guess it's something. (laughs) And then we'll hear it and think we're we're on the road to fame and fortune. Uh, We so appreciated having uh, you with us to listen to our uh, inaugural episode of Opening Weekend. Uh, Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Ethan, our producer. Um, And uh, hopefully next week we will jump forward into the mid-1990s, early to mid-1990s, uh, as we reach the end of May and we look at a uh, an opening weekend that saw the release of Sylvester Stallone, Big star 
in Cliffhanger, not one of his biggest movies, um, but the biggest movie of that weekend. Uh, it was joined by Made in America, starring Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson, the film that ignited their red-hot love affair. <laughs> and... Super Mario Brothers, which ignited the red-hot love affair of Bob Hoskins and Ms. Pac-Man, or I don't know who's in Super Mario Brothers, uh, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo, um, yeah. It's going to be a thrilling episode. I've seen a grand total of zero of those movies that you just well, mentioned. Well, you're going to have to do some homework for next week, because we're going in a time capsule back oh to May 28th. They can't all be Star Wars, is what I'm trying to set you and the audience up for I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Now we've segued seamlessly into what I call after opening weekend, which is the after chat <laughs> about how the podcast went. And people can call in and write in. I'm going to I think I did very well. I give myself a 10 out of 10. How do you think you did, Fred? I can say how I think you did and it's not going to be pretty. We got to have a closer. What do we close on? <laughs> oh, I think I closed wait, it. And no, then you, we were going to close. Then, Remember, Dan has a, a special talent. Okay, uh, we'll close on that. Dan can, uh, is wonderful at the hand farts. So we thought for every movie we talk about, he will perform the theme song with his sweaty palms. That's terrific. It's going to be hard for you with Cliffhanger next week. But for right now, <laughs> thanks for joining us, no, everyone. No, but we also have <laughs> Super Mario Brothers and... Okay, well, there you go. Oh, yes, and we can you, do the, you find whatever works let's, for you. Let's, let's do some video Star Wars. Game, well, yep. we'll talk about it next week. Okay. We'll figure that out. Game thing. But okay. until next week, here's Dan Matisa and the theme to Star Wars. basically repeat <laughs> oh my god there is a disturbance in the force <laughs> take care everyone the opening weekend podcast is produced by jason o'connell fred berman and dan matisa with help from ethan duff thank you for listening <laughs>